Beatrice Spills the Beans on Codependency is a codependency recovery, emotional awareness, and exploration podcast. B is a mom, social worker, and recovering codependent, creating a space for like-minded people who have similar experiences to help empower and cheer each other on. Join B on her journey with emotional exploration. Hey friends, I am like always so excited to be here. I am pretty darn proud of myself that I am recording an episode in the midst of school. I didn't know what that was going to look like. It is a little bit more stressful, but it's nice to have my creative outlet and I keep thinking of episodes to post. It's funny because every time I'm thinking about creating an episode, something will come to mind. And I'm like, I had to have done an episode on that. So then I go scroll back at everything I've done episodes on. And I'm like, how have I not covered this topic? This is so codependency. This is so codependent. So I just think I've covered every topic under the sun. And also, I don't re-listen to my old episodes which I probably should because people will talk about things and I have no idea what they're referring to. So I probably should listen to my old episodes, but I don't know. I'm just like worried about me critiquing it or just, I don't know. It makes me nervous. So I don't really do that. Maybe I should write a list of all the episodes I've done and then that way I know I'm not double covering because at some point, I mean, that would be hilarious if I sit in the my little closet for an hour and do an episode I've already done. I don't think I'm anywhere close to having that amount of content where I have to worry about that though. So school's been going good. I love it. And I also forgot how much you have to use your brain in school, like that your brain is an organ and it actually like gets tired is like something I forgot about. And It's also just nice that my brain's getting tired because sometimes my brain just like goes too much. Like school's like really good for me to like, I force myself to take breaks because of school. Before school, I just was go, go, go. But I think the stress of school and the change and everything does test my sobriety, but I'm happy to say that I'm still sober. And I, um, I feel pretty proud of myself this week for that because I have been in some situations where I've definitely felt tested, like on if sobriety is my thing and I stuck to it. So that means a lot to me. And I've also been thinking a lot about when I got sick and just like experiences I had during that time, which really helps me stay sober. So Yeah. That's my little (laughs) check-in. I'm really excited about today's episode. I came up with this idea when I was talking to a friend of mine who's been a friend for years, and I just randomly was like, I need to do an episode on on people-pleasing. And then I was like, I must have done an episode on people-pleasing. That's like the heart of codependency. But no, no, there's so many aspects of codependency, people-pleasing hasn't hit the list yet. So today, we will talk about people-pleasing. And with that, let's get started. All 
right. Hashtag people pleasing. The definition of people pleasing is a person who has an emotional need to please others, often at the expense of his or her own needs or desires. I don't know how often I say this, but out of all the codependency traits, I can say that people pleasing is the hardest one to shake for me. Like I am such a people pleaser. My mom always argues that people pleasing is just in her bones. Like she can't change it at all. And I disagree. I think that it's a learned behavior and you can learn to outgrow it. But to each their own on their belief systems when it comes to people-pleasing. People-pleasing is a trait of codependency, but not all people-pleasers are codependent. So that's kind of a tricky statement. But basically, every codependent, well, I don't know if every codependent, most codependents are people-pleasers, but not all people-pleasers are codependents. A little bit about how people-pleasing comes about is that oftentimes codependency stems from unhealthy attachments to people in childhood when caregivers are absent or they dismissed your emotions or taught you that you needed to act a specific way to earn love or approval. This often leads to codependency and you learn to put the needs of others ahead of your own and will sacrifice your needs and principles in order to maintain relationships. That is how I believe people-pleasing is born. I think that a lot of times it has to do with your initial attachment with your caregivers as children and how that relationship is built. I know I've talked about this in the past where I try to be really careful with my son about how I word things. I don't tell him that that makes me sad, like he needs to change his behaviors because that makes me sad, or I don't make him responsible for my feelings. And I don't know if it's because I come from a codependent background. That's really easy to do. It's really easy to say, that makes mommy sad that you do that. I wish she wouldn't do that. Like That's like come second nature to me. So I have to be really conscientious about the fact that he's not responsible for my emotions. And so... I think that children being responsible for their caregiver's emotions or feeling responsible for their caregiver's emotions causes codependency and gives us heightened awareness to become a people pleaser. I'm going to go over some signs that you may be a people pleaser. And this is from an article written by Kendra Cherry called How to Stop Being a People Pleaser. The first sign is having a difficult time saying no. That's like number one sign. People pleasers have such a difficult time saying no. No wasn't even in my dictionary for a long time. And boy, did it hurt. Another sign is being preoccupied with what other people might think. I feel like this is one of the first gifts that my codependency recovery gave me was not caring what people think anymore. I got the gift of not caring, but sometimes... I mean, that doesn't mean it doesn't happen. It definitely happens, just not on the level that it used to. Another sign is that you agree to things you don't like or do things you don't want to do. So you just agree to things you don't like or you do things you don't want to do because you want to fit in, you want that friendship, and so you change your morals and your 
your values to fit the situation. And that's, that's a big sign that, that there's some people pleasing at hand. Also struggling with feelings of low self-esteem is really common with people who are people pleasers. Wanting people to like you and feel that doing things for them will earn their approval. Another one is always telling people that you're sorry. (laughs) My friends and I have joke about having a sorry jar because we all are really good at saying sorry when it's not necessary. That's something that I've worked on for years, but I still fall into the habit of it. Sometimes I feel like I say sorry so much. I'm just saying at this point, I'm saying sorry for existing, which is it's it, honestly on when you're on the other end of it it's like it is frustrating there's no re- reason to be sorry another sign is that you take the blame even when something is not your fault and that's kind of like saying sorry if you're a person that says sorry a lot next time you say sorry think about how that is your responsibility and another thing i learned about saying sorry is I used to say sorry so much that my sorry lost its meaning. So when you hold your sorries for when you really have a reason to be sorry, people take it more seriously when you say it. Whereas just saying sorry all the time, they're so used to hearing it that it's like it it doesn't have any weight to the word. Another sign is never having free time because you're always doing things for other people. So just running yourself ragged, going from one place to another, just trying to people please and trying to make everyone else happy and not not focusing on your goals and aspirations. And this goes into the next one, neglecting your own needs to do things for others. Also pretending to agree with people even though you feel differently. I still struggle with this. I think I'm better at not pretending I agree. I just don't say anything. And so they probably assume I agree because I just, I don't know. It That one's really hard for me because I don't want to make other people feel uncomfortable because I disagree with what they have to say. Sometimes I don't think it's worth the fight, like an argument or whatever, to say that I have a differing opinion I used to just agree and participate in the conversation. So I think part of my growth is now I don't participate in the conversation. I just let them have their feelings and I don't tell them I agree, but I don't tell them I disagree. So I think maybe getting more healthy, I'll be able to say I disagree. And in some cases I can, but that's a really another one that's really hard for me. So those are the signs that you might be a people pleaser. So if any of those signs resonated with you, I mean, I hope you'd listen to the rest of this podcast anyways, but I think it would be a good idea to listen to the rest of this podcast and also maybe talk to a trusted friend or a therapist or counselor about this topic and see what they have to say. So oftentimes people pleasers are described as givers or generous by others, but it leaves you feeling drained or stressed. A lot of times other people look at people pleasers as a positive and it can be a positive, but everything has a balance. And if you're people pleasing to a point where it's robbing you of your own mental health and stability, then that's when it's an issue. And that's kind of what we're talking about here today. 
some causes of becoming a people pleaser besides unhealthy childhood attachment, like I described earlier, includes poor self-esteem and a need for external validation, insecurity with a fear that others won't like you. And then perfectionism that comes in by like wanting to be the perfect friend and the perfect romantic partner and the perfect mom and the the soccer mom, you know, like you want to be able to do all the things. And I think women in general, it's almost like society tries to train us to be people pleasers because they put so much responsibility on our plate and we can't all be Pinterest moms. Like I said, being a caring and giving person is not a bad trait. People pleasing in moderation can be healthy. How are we going to differentiate between a people pleaser that's healthy and when that becomes unhealthy? So some some signs that your people pleasing has crossed over to an unhealthy pattern is if you start feeling angry and frustrated with others. So you go and do something for them that's nice. Say you have a busy morning and a friend calls you and says, hey, I really need someone to come watch my kids for 20 minutes while I go pick up another kid from school or something like that. And you have a really busy morning, but you say, yeah, sure, of course. And you run over there, you change your whole plans for the morning for this person because they need help and they called you. And it's like, you love that they needed you. If they get back from their errand and as soon as you leave, you're in the car angry and frustrated with that person that they ruined your morning. That's a really good sign that you're people pleasing in a way that's not healthy because it's a cycle. Someone needs help. You go to help them. And then you feel really good that you help them. And then as soon as that task is over, you're angry at them that they messed up your plans for the day. And then you feel sorry for yourself that you have to deal with that person. And that cycle continues. And that's a pattern between multiple people. That's a really good sign that people pleasing is not working for you. Another sign is anxiety and stress. So If you're constantly dealing with anxiety and stress, that could be a sign that you are not being authentic to yourself. You're worried about what other people think of you. You're trying to mold yourself into being accepted and you are struggling with people pleasing. I mean, obviously anxiety and stress can come from other areas in your life. But if you are having anxiety and stress specifically to your relationships with others and you're playing a people-pleasing role with the signs above, that's a sign that it's not a healthy, you don't have a healthy boundary of caring for others. So if you have a depleted willpower to tackle personal goals, then that's another sign that you're over people-pleasing because you're putting everyone else's needs before your own. And there's been studies that show that there is a finite amount of willpower. You don't have an infinite amount of willpower. You only have so much. Think of it as a gas tank. Like you have a gas tank of willpower a week and you have to refill it every week. And that refilling takes self-care and eating nutritious food and getting eight hours of sleep and whatever fills your tank. (laughs) I'm really liking this analogy. I came up with this one on the top of my head. I'm just pretty proud right now. So... You fill your tank, and when your tank is full, you have that amount of willpower to use. So if you're using all of your willpower tank that you spent all of that time nourishing yourself 
so that you could have that willpower tank on everybody else's needs and goals. You're not getting anywhere yourself. And that just perpetuates your low self-esteem because you're not doing anything for yourself to make yourself feel good about yourself besides nourishing yourself so that you could be of service to others. Think of that willpower as a gas tank that you are feeding the gas to. You are creating that gas. Like you're putting all that work into it. Do you really want that whole gas tank to go to other people? Or do you think you deserve half the tank? Or even a quarter of the tank? You could get so much done in a quarter tank. People pleasers are such efficient people. They are so good at getting things done. They're just choosing if they do things for themselves or for others. Another sign that your people pleasing is off kilter is if you lack authenticity. And this one is kind of like, you know, that just going with what other people think, morphing yourself to be what other people want you to be, not valuing your own opinions and morals, maybe putting yourself in situations that you wouldn't normally put yourself in because you want others to be happy. I personally can think of a lot of situations like that. I mean, As a mom, I think I want to teach my kid to be so authentic because I don't ever want him to be in situations where he is around substances that, you know, obviously at his age, he's not going to. But when he's, you know, when he gets older, I don't want him to be around substances that make him uncomfortable because his friends are doing it and it looks cool. Like, I mean, that's something you learn at such a young age, but you're told not to be around it, but you're not told how to be the type of person and what kind of self-esteem to have to not put yourself in those situations and to be able to walk away and know that there's people out there that are going to love and support you for who you are and what your belief systems and morals are. And I think just people being authentic to themselves and knowing that their quirkiness is something that someone would love. Everyone has their gifts and talents. It's sad when those things are hidden because of the fear of fitting in. Another sign that people-pleasing is off-kilter is having weaker relationships. When people aren't able to be authentic and they just say whatever other people want to hear, their relationships aren't genuine and authentic because they're not being genuine and authentic to those people. You can't build a strong relationship without being yourself and giving a part of yourself to that person. You have to give some vulnerability and it goes both ways. And so a lot of times people who are people pleasers, I mean, I don't want to use the word fake, but they are not their authentic selves. And so the give and take, the reciprocity, 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 I'm probably going to get made fun of for how I say that word, but the give and take of the relationship is not equal. And so that makes the relationship weaker. And then, like I said earlier, resentfulness. If you're feeling resentful towards your friends because you feel like you're doing too much, you're giving too much of yourself, that's a good sign that the people-pleasing is way off kilter and you need to reel it in and do some self-people-pleasing, some self-care. If you are doing something because you're afraid you'll be disliked or rejected if you say no, there's a strong chance that you are a people pleaser. You're thinking, 
B, you told me all this stuff about people pleasing. Now what do you want me to do about it? Let's talk about ways to stop people pleasing. The first way to stop people pleasing is my favorite, and you're probably going to roll your eyes, but establish boundaries. If you haven't noticed that boundaries is a key word, it's a key word. (laughs) But establishing boundaries and I think partly establishing boundaries is going to take getting to know yourself again, knowing what your likes and dislikes are, knowing what you're willing to do and what things you really have no interest in doing, what your morals and values are. Sometimes when you've been people-pleasing for so long, you forget who you are. You just think that you are supposed to go from one situation to the next helping everyone, that you forget who you are. So I think finding yourself and establishing boundaries within your comfort is where you need to start. So like thinking and reflecting on what boundaries look like for you and then you can utilize those boundaries with others once you recognize what boundaries you even need to set. And that takes a lot of work. That takes a lot of self-reflection. So start small. My advice would be to start small. I think even just reflecting in a journal about the things that you feel have been bothering you or you've been resentful about lately, like starting to journal that and to recognize the things that are bothering you, that's starting small. You're not even having to make a change yet. You're just recognizing the patterns. Maybe write down the people that have relationships where it's reciprocal and they also provide things for you and they help care for you. And then writing down the friendships where it's you giving a lot and it's uneven give and take. It's a lot of take from your friends and like having categories of the people that you want to put more energy into versus the people that I call them energy vampires that are taking and taking and taking and just kind of getting an idea in your head of what your situation looks like. I think that's starting small. Another thing is to set personal goals and priorities because if your gas tank of willpower is going to start going towards some of your own needs and goals. You have to have those goals set so that you know what you're working towards. If you set aside time for your own priorities and goals and you have those in place, you're going to know how much time you have left to help other people instead of helping other people and then putting your priorities and goals last. You want to put your priorities and goals first and then whatever extra time you have, you can help other people, and that will help you to choose what you're saying yes and no to. Work on positive self-talk. This is something that I do with my son, and then sometimes I realize I need to do it for myself. And sometimes we do it in this podcast. We say, I can make happy and healthy decisions for myself. I hope you're saying it with me. I can make happy and healthy decisions for myself. I am a valuable friend. I am loved. I am worthy of love. I am the best version of myself I can be. Another tip is to stall for time on agreeing to help people. 
So especially when you're learning on how to say no to people, just starting with, I'll have to check my calendar and get back to you. Or let me think about it. Let me process this and get back to you. Because sometimes it's really hard to say no. So you need to work on how to stall for time and things that you can say when someone asks something of you so that you can have more time to think about if it's something that you can commit to or not. So then you assess the request. Is it something that you want to do that you have any interest in helping with? Is it something that aligns with your priorities and goals you have for yourself and the time that you have to do extra things? And if it's not, just remembering that no is a full sentence. The more of an explanation you give to people about the reason you can't do something, the more ammo you're giving them to try to talk you into why you should have time to do something. So with that, avoid making excuses. You don't need to tell everyone why you can't do something or you don't need to make an excuse. You don't need to have a reason to say no. Even if you're saying no because you don't want to be out that late because you want to get some more sleep or you want to go to the movies because that's part of your something you've been looking forward to yourself all week. Like you don't need to explain that to anybody because then it's giving them the opportunity to decide if your excuse is worthy or not of saying no. No just means no. I think the biggest thing that I've learned with my people-pleasing journey is that I'm just going to help where I want to help. I haven't lost that desire to help others, but I don't help others unless it's something I really want to do. And another thing I've learned is that I get to be creative with how I show others that I care. Because now that I'm not doing a laundry list of things for a bunch of people and running around and just being of service to others to a point that I can't even think, I have time to do nice things that I want to do, like make someone a meal when they're going through a hard time or taking them a card and flowers, just doing little things that don't take a lot of time out of my day but make me feel good. Over time, I've gotten in touch with what makes me feel good about being there for others. But then there are the times that someone is going through something and they need to meet up for coffee and it might not work great with my week, but it's something I want to do. I want to be there for them. So I make it work and I feel good about it. I don't leave the situation feeling resentful. But I also know that there's some things I don't want to do. Like I just don't have the time or the energy to help with and that's okay too. I really think that just remembering that relationships require a give and take And that you're worthy of having a relationship or a friendship with people who are also helping you out and doing nice things for you. That it's not a one-way street is really important. And just knowing that you're worthy of love and you're worthy of people giving the energy that you give to them. Doing everything for everyone isn't the only reason that people love you. And you could stop doing that today and some people might not be as close to you, but that's a really good sign that they weren't in the friendship for the right reasons. And I think it took me a lot of loneliness to find my tribe because when I learned that I was people-pleasing too much, 
it was very apparent to me what people were hanging out with me because of my people pleasing, because I was buying them prenatals, because I was making sure that their kids had food, because I was, I always felt like I had the privilege of having financial stability when I was younger. So I wanted to give that to everyone I knew. So I really truly did have friends that were friends with me because I would spend money on them. And that was a really hard pill for me to swallow when I learned to be authentic with myself that that wasn't enough for them. But I'm in such a better place now with having authentic friends. And I didn't even know what an authentic friendship was because I wasn't being authentic. I was just being what I thought everyone wanted me to be for them. So people didn't get to know the real me. And so how can I blame them for not wanting to stick around when they didn't even really know who I was and I stopped paying for their things? Like, that sounds like a bum deal, honestly. So, I mean, my struggle with people-pleasing has gone on for my entire life and there's still areas of it that I really have to work on. And the one thing I can say, being on the other end of it and trying to work through my people-pleasing issues as much as possible, is that it feels so good when people know the real you and accept the real you and love you. And you don't get that without being authentic. You don't get those gifts of feeling heard and loved without being authentic. And you can't be authentic when you're worried about what everyone thinks of you all the time. So it's a process and it takes time. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you relate to anything in this podcast and you would love to just make my day, it would be awesome if you went to Apple Podcasts and wrote a review for the podcast. It's super helpful. That's what gets me out there and gets other people to recognize my podcast is through reviews on Apple Podcasts. If you have any questions and comments for me directly, you can DM me at Beatrice underscore spills the beans on Instagram or at codependency at Beatrice spills the beans dot com. I am so thankful for my listeners. I love you guys so much. I appreciate all the DMs I get and all of the personal messages of how this podcast is helping you. Sometimes when I'm in this little closet, I don't know if it's making a difference, but I can say that it's very therapeutic for me and I'm going to keep doing it because I am fulfilled by it. I just love your guys' support so much. And like I said, if you could write a review, that would be super helpful. And just remember, awareness sparks growth, my friends. Thank you.